0: Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to take a few minutes, and what, what, what we've been doing, we've been talking about the local church and the importance of the local church, and uh, specifically now we're, we're talking about Harvest Church, and if, you know, people would ask you, what, what, what's Harvest Church all about, and you'd say, Harvest Church is committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's what we've talked about. And in the last couple of weeks, we talked about this word commitment. And some of you, that maybe is, it's not a good word, but it is a good word. Because if you'll commit your heart to serve Christ, you'll be blessed. And so we're going to go on this morning. I want to read in, in Matthew chapter 20 about our Lord and Savior. And uh, let's start with verse 20. We'll read through 28. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. That's interesting. (laughs) I guess that's a good mama, huh? I don't know. It says, But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with, but to sit on my right hand. And on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, They were greatly displeased with the two brothers, but Jesus called them to himself and said, now listen, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your what? Servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Now, this is, this is so good. Verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This morning, I want to talk about serving because that's part of our mission statement. It's we're a people committed to serving. Jesus Christ, and serving Jesus. When we serve one another and serve others in the body, we're serving Jesus, aren't we? But I want you to see this because this is our our text, and everything we, we talk about is based on this. Christ came to serve, bottom line. Not to be served, but to serve. And if we as Believers would adopt that same heart's attitude every day, that servant's heart's attitude. i tell you what, the body would increase, the body would grow, the body would flourish. Amen? Now, look at Luke 22. Luke 22 and verse 24. It says, Now there was a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I'm among you as the one who serves. Do you see that? And I think we as believers, we forget about what servanthood is all about. Now, I don't know if you you realize this, but there is a serving gift. And and some believers have a gift of serving. Not not everybody. Not everybody has this specific gift. My family has this gift. What, what do you mean? What's well, because I'm, I'm motivated. God puts something in some believers that motivates them. They just have a heart and a desire to what? Serve. My father had a business and, and uh, I grew up, I'm so thankful I grew up in my father's business. He had a shoe store and I started at a young age learning how to wait on the public, how to meet them, how to greet them, and how to take care of their needs and thank them as they go out the door. My sister has this serving gift. I have this serving gift. My father had a real serving gift. And it, you know, it can be passed down just like physical things can be passed down. that, That can be passed down too. But... You know, it, whether or not you have that serving gift, you still need to have this attitude of serving one another. And, and uh, it, it keeps you humble. It keeps your heart right. And, and that's what the church here, Harvest Church, is, is, is built upon is serving. What do we do when we have night to shine? We're serving. We're serving others that are, you know, maybe are, are less fortunate than we are but we do it with the right heart's attitude because that's what Jesus would want. And we're do, when we're doing that with the right heart's attitude and serving them at night to shine, we're serving Jesus. Amen? Now, this word in the Greek for serve is D-O-U-L-O-S, and, it's, and I'll give you the definition. A servant who does the bidding of his master. A servant who was sold out, lock, stock, and barrel. Everyone say sold out. Totally committed to pleasing his master. A good servant would do his best to discover his master's desire and then explicitly do whatever was needed to fulfill those desires. And see, that's the thing. If you've got a servant's heart... You're going to be able to discern and see the needs of your brothers and sisters and then just fulfill those needs. You don't have to be told that person has a need. We need to do this for that person. You'll just know it. What brings pleasure to the heart of Jesus? Having an attitude of excellence, doing your job with seriousness and responsibility, being consistently fervent committed, and enthusiastic in attitude. When a believer steadfastly demonstrates these attributes with his life, he becomes a servant who truly brings satisfaction to the heart of Jesus Christ. Now, the disciples, they argued with each other because what were they doing? They were, they were trying to seek and attain certain position. And see, that's the world's idea. That's how the world does it. It's it's cutthroat. They're going to do everything they can to promote themselves. Do you understand that? Do you see that today? That's the world system. True greatness in God's kingdom comes through sacrificial service. God's kingdom authority and the world system of authority are polar opposites. Amen? Would you agree with that? The character of a faithful servant reveals devotion to the interests of others. The thoughtfulness of rendering untiring care. The delight in the prosperity, honor, and happiness of someone besides oneself. Servanthood is a disposition of the heart and spirit. Now, I want you to catch that. Servanthood is a disposition of the heart and spirit which, is, which expresses itself in concrete actions. So we could say servanthood are, is of the heart. It's of the heart. Now, I found this. I have a, a book on leadership, and I found this. Um, I want to read it to you. And he makes this comment concerning Jesus. He says, Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. This is the mind that is to be in us. The foundation of all true life and ministry is rooted right here. Did you hear that? This attitude is where there is a joining of the body to the head. When we attempt to make a name or reputation for ourselves, we cease to be joined To the head. Jesus is no longer Lord. He is no longer the chief architect and builder of his kingdom and his church. As long as we seek a reputation and a name for ourselves, our wills can never be submitted to God. The will is part of the soul. God gave every man a soul, and the soul is good when it is subject to the Spirit of God. However, When it is outside of God's spirit and rule, it will dominate us in place of our spirits. How many have ever been dominated by your soul, your mind, your will and emotions instead of your spirit man? That is why Jesus' first requirement for being his disciple is to deny yourself. He demands demands that from every seeker. Peter was one who forsook everything to follow Jesus... But his soul was still very unharnessed. He had forsaken houses, lands, and family, but he never forsook himself. He possessed a strong, dominating soul that had not yet been subject to the will of God. But once fully submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, even a Peter can be used by God to build his church. Peter was still full of Peter. And who are we supposed to be full of? Jesus. Amen. So if you're out trying to make a name for yourself and promote yourself, is that the kingdom way? No, it's not. Now, look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. I'm just going to give you one this morning. I realized we had a day yesterday and we had Micah's graduation all morning, then we had a... Wedding in the afternoon and a reception all night. We got home real late. And this is a busy time of year, so I've tried to be sensitive of your time. And it is Mother's Day, too. Amen. How many of you still, you talk about selfless. I was blessed to have a mother and a father, for that matter, that were were very generous. And I had, you know, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were that way, too. But I was thinking this morning as we were worshiping, and I was glad Pastor Brad, you know, thanked all you mothers. And I hope you take time, especially if you're young, to thank your mother, to bless your mother. How many of your of your mothers have gone on to be with the Lord? Let me see your hand. Well, I'll clue you, Micah, when you get older, maybe right now you're, you know. Still thinking about Micah. But there will be a day when you're my age and you're going to think back about your mama. And you're going to remember. And I know you care. And I know you're thankful. I I thought of this. And it was an odd thing. I was sitting there thinking about my mother as we were worshiping God. And I don't think Jesus cared. And I'll never forget this. We got out of Bible school. And... uh, this was early on in our marriage. I think this was, I don't know if we, we were in, in Oklahoma going to Bible school, but we needed a vehicle. I don't. We were here, and uh, it was a struggle early on in ministry financially. And I, I guess, did our blue truck wear out or something? We had a love truck. <laughs> Who does? Julie. Julie remembers our blue love truck? Didn't even know you were born then, huh? That's been a long time ago. But we needed a vehicle. And I remember we went home one weekend, and my mother had bought us a car. Well, now, don't – it wasn't a Lincoln Continental or Cadillac. <laughs> I was trying to think what it was. And it was an American Motors Hornet. Do you remember that, some of you old-timers? American – now, I don't even – you know that that wasn't a great company. I don't think. I don't know. And I'll never never forget. If you know what it looks like, it had a hatch on it. And I'll never forget that we we really needed a vehicle, and my mom was my dad had been gone for years, and <coughs> I suppose it didn't cost her more than five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. I don't know, but to us, it was a, n- a need met. And I was raised by parents that were selfless. In the first car I ever got, my I've told you this story, and I remember this about my mother. You know, all I remember, I've told you my mother, I'd get her upset, and she'd go to the drawer and open that drawer and get out her cigarettes. <laughs> I'd make her smoke once in a while. I was kind of but she was such a, a, a good, good mother. And I'll never forget, my my dad was so giving, and I wanted my help buying my first car. And I'll never forget, sitting at the kitchen table, my mom and dad, and and my dad is pleading my case with my mother that, you know, he needs a car. Well, they got me the car, but I'll never (laughs) forget this. She laid her head down on the table and, and basically cried and said, but, my dad's name was Elmer. But Elmer, his car is better than ours. That was my mother. Good gal, giving gal, and, and uh, good good father. So today, remember to bless your mother and be thankful that you've got a mother that's still living that you can thank. Amen? I got off on a tangent. I don't even know where I'm at now. Where am I? Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12. The first thing I want you to see about serving is this, and we're just going to cover this one shortly. It's found here in, in Deuteronomy ten twelve. It says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him? Now, listen. To serve the Lord your God with some of your heart. Serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. You know, if you serve God with all your heart, you're going to be blessed. You're going to experience his goodness. The Amplified says, "And, and serve the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and with all your entire being say entire being <clears throat> margin of my bible it says our actions follow the leanings of our heart our actions follow the leanings of our heart that which we incline and devote our hearts decides what will serve what we will serve and become our actions follow the leanings of our heart. That which we incline and devote our hearts and decides what we will serve and become. Have you ever heard the expression half-hearted? How about have you ever heard the expression whole-hearted? I looked that word up and it means doing are done with all one's energy, all of one's enthusiasm. See, when you serve at Harvest Church, or you serve outside these four walls, God expects you and I to do it with all our heart, wholeheartedly. Not with half of our heart, but all of our heart. And I realize sometimes it can become mundane. Sometimes what you do here at Harvest Church, it becomes routine, and you just do it just to get it done but you got to realize when whatever you're doing it, you're doing it as unto the Lord. Amen. Not just the preacher, not just Pastor Brad, but you're doing it. You're serving because it's a natural response. Because you love God with all your heart, you're going to want to serve Him and, and do whatever you do with excellence. Look at Matthew six. One more scripture, Matthew six. If you've become a member of Harvest Church or you've been a part of Harvest Church, you're going to realize that serving is so uh, uh, an important part. It's not only on our mission statement out there, but whatever we do at Harvest Church, it's because we love to serve. Matthew 6, look at verse 24. Jesus made this statement. He says, no one can serve Two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or you cannot serve God and riches. It's impossible for you and I to give our hearts simultaneously to two masters. We must decide if we're going to serve God or serve the world. Bottom line. You and I have to decide if we're going to serve, and I realize it talks about riches, but I'm talking about the world system. You can't have one foot here and one foot there in two different kingdoms. You and I have to be fully sold out and serve Him, and serve His kingdom wholeheartedly. That's a decision you and I are going to have to make. Now I'll, I'll make this statement because this this will hit home. I guess it's Mother's Day. I should be sweet, should be nice, and I shouldn't close with this. But I just I'm sorry. The devil made me do it. It's impossible for you and I to give of our hearts to, to give our hearts simultaneously to two masters. You and I are going to have to decide if we're going to serve God, serve money, serve God, serve the world system. Now listen, if you and I are going to serve God with all of our heart, we will have our money under control. See, money, will find you out. What you and I do with our money reveals if we're serving God with all of our heart. Gosh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. What you and I do with our money reveals if we're serving God with all of our heart. Now, I can meddle today because, you know, we've we got people gone today, but you're here, and this isn't an issue with you, right? You know what, I don't know what you do with, all, with your money. In fact, I don't even look. When the offering's received, it, it goes home, she takes care of it, and I don't go every Sunday and look and see what you gave. I just don't do that because I guard my heart. She knows. She doesn't come to me and say, Well, Justin didn't give anything this week. You better call him up. We don't, that isn't the system. This isn't how we do it. But let, let me say this, and I want you to chew and think about this, reflect on this. What you and I do with our money reveals if we're serving God with all of our heart. Are you really serving God if you're not tithing? (laughs) Well, you're all tithers, aren't you? Don't raise your hand. I don't need to know. Your money will find you out. If you're not tithing, listen, let's go another step. If you're not sowing offerings consistently... Are you really serving God? See, we think about serving, you know, in the natural doing things, and yes, that's part of it. But serving is a heart thing, remember? And if God has all your heart, he's got your money, honey. If he doesn't have your money, you're not serving him. not a good way to close a service? That's why, Micah, you know it. You know it, You tithe. My boys, I've never had, have we, honey, had to go to them and say, give us your tithe. Don't need to. It's a natural response. They just give it. That's a wonderful thing for a parent. But you know why they do that? Because we taught them that. They watched mom and dad, I'll, I'll have Kathy give me money or I'll receive a gift and I'll say in front of the boys as they grew up, here's my tithe. They see mom and dad give, sow offerings. See, our hearts are involved with our giving. We want to serve him, truly serve him. You can't serve God and serve the world, two different masters. you got to decide whom you're going to serve. So who are you going to serve today? Well, I should have waited for offering after this. But see, we're people of integrity. I don't manipulate you to get your money. Never have, never will, because you're not our source. God uses you to bless the church and help support the church and Give a salary. I understand that, and I'm thankful for that, but I'll never manipulate you for your money because he's my source, and he takes care of me. But make sure he's your source today. Make sure you're giving your tithe. Make sure you're sowing offerings consistently because that is the telltale sign that you're really serving him. Let's stand to our feet this morning.